Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast, last game reaction of the year. Well, technically not, because it's 2024, but you get what I mean, of the, of this season, I should say. Giants win 27-10 to versus Philly, um, a team they don't beat very often, and when they do beat them, it's never by this much. So this is really weird to see this kind of score, but um, it was a weird game. Like It started out with the Eagles being competitive, and I think they wanted to win this game at first. Then A.J. Brown goes down. They had all these other injuries with Devontae Smith and Darius Slay and um, even uh, Swift was out with an illness so they had so much going against them and Jalen Hurts looked like shit so they're like you know what they kind of just pulled the plug in the second quarter I think it was uh, put in Marcus Mariota and kind of coasted from there so wasn't the most exciting game I, I mean you know it was good to see the Giants win by a lot like it was I, I did come into this game hoping to lose but really losing this game or winning this game didn't do too much in terms of like losing draft position, they did drop one spot from five to six, but the team that went in front of them now is the Chargers, who obviously don't need a quarterback. The thing I'm concerned about, though, is the two teams in front of the Giants trading out of that pick for, uh, you know, trading back with a team that needs a quarterback. So let's hypothetically say that Minnesota at 11 trades up to number four with Arizona or trades up to number five with the Chargers. Then you're like, oh shit, well, that could be one of the quarterbacks the Giants want. So that's the part I'm concerned about. Um, I still think that the Bears will take a quarterback. I just I just don't buy the whole Justin Fields thing. The way today's game went, the Bears scored nine points against a division rival in a big game. I just I just can't see it. I think it's Caleb Williams until proven otherwise, but we'll see what happens. Um, Washington, New England at two and three, they should definitely be in the quarterback market. So the Giants might have their shot at quarterback four, or maybe not. If a team trades up in front of them, then they're kind of out of luck. So if you're the Giants and you love four quarterbacks in this class, maybe it is smart to just trade up with Arizona and ensure you get the guy who you want. But if not, then they just maybe see how the draft plays out and go from there. So we'll talk more about that at the end. Hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like, of course, and let's get into it. So the Giants, they jumped out to a 24-0 lead, which wasn't really on the uh, bingo card, as they say. Um, but the offense looked good once again. Back-to-back -back weeks where... Tyrod's playing. The offense looks really good. Tyrod did have the interception, which I forget when that was now. Oh, yes, that was the uh, interception in the end zone. So they, they they were purposely trying to feed Sterling Shepard a touchdown because this is probably his last Giants game. So this happened right after a turnover. And they went for Slayton on that, uh, not Slayton, they went for Shepard on that slant and it got tipped in the air, I think, by Bradbury and intercepted by, uh, I think that was Blakenship, the equal safety. So, you know, he kind of forced that pass on purpose. It is what it is. I don't really care, but still won by a lot. But yeah, Tyrod overall looked pretty good. 23 of 32, 297, one touchdown, one pick. He left the game for like a couple drives in this one with a thumb injury, and he got knocked pretty hard to the ground later in the game. I don't think he missed time with that. He might have missed one play. I think DeVito came in. He was 2 of 2 DeVito for 14 yards. Saquon didn't have the most efficient game on the ground. He did have a big reception in this game, but on the ground, he was only 2.6 yards per carry on 18 carries. Did have two rushing touchdowns. One of those was really creative. One of those, like, just plays where Saquon was kind of sweeping around, and I think it wasn't like a shovel pass. Tyrod handed him the ball, and he ran in for a touchdown. Had to lower his shoulder to get it, but Saquon got in. Um, saw some Eric Gray, three carries for 19 yards. Tyrod had 38 rushing yards on eight carries. 4.8 a carry for him. 
Wandale played well again. I mean, Wandale has really closed out this season looking great. Of course, he was great in that Packers game. He was great. I think it was last week or maybe the week before that. I forget. But like he closed out the season pretty strong. Um, he had 85 yards on five catches. Unfortunately, Jalen Hyatt had the hamstring injury, only one catch for five yards. Um, they went for him deep, I think, on the first drive. And it might have been pass interference, but no flag was called. So it fell incomplete. Um, but yeah, the hamstring, it, you know, it's not what you want to see, obviously a guy that fast having hamstring issues. It's not, not the best thing, but hopefully for next year, he's fine. Darius Slayton had five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. He had a couple big plays in this game. Um, Slayton caught that one drag route, broke a couple tackles, and you know picked up more yards. So he looked good in this game. Like Slayton on the touchdown, he got wide open. I don't know what happened. I think it was just a breakdown by the Eagles. He was on the left side, and nobody stuck with him. So Tyrod, he found him, and you know Slayton was wide open. Had to outrun the safety a bit, but got himself a touchdown. Saquon had two catches for 51 yards. Had that one big catch. Um, Hodgins had three catches for 36 yards and Sterling Shepard in his final game, three catches for 18 yards. So they played him a bit more. They were trying to force feed him the ball. Wasn't the best result, but Hey, you know, Shep was the last guy announced today walking out or running out of the tunnel. So hopefully for him, it was a good send off. It's unfortunate that he didn't score a touchdown, but they were trying. They definitely were. So as I said, the offense, they looked good. Once again, 415 total yards, 306 passing yards, 109 rushing yards, which isn't that great, but 6.3 yards per play. Not too bad. The Eagles had 4.6. Third down efficiency, not too bad. Six for 14. And another game by the Giants where it just proves to me, and I think it should prove to other people watching, that if the Giants just had better quarterback play, they'd be fine. Like They wouldn't be an elite Super Bowl team. There's, they still need more pieces, obviously. But with a good young quarterback, hopefully, whether it's a rookie in the first round this year or however else you want to get a quarterback, I don't know. Of course, that Justin Fields idea might be out there. Do you trade for Justin Fields? Probably not. Like He's, he's probably not the answer. I think Fields is better than DJ, but it's probably not worth trading for Justin Fields. That doesn't make too much sense for this team. He should probably go to like the Falcons or something like that probably makes more sense. But um, what was I getting to? But yeah, it just shows me the past two games here against pretty good opponents. Like the Rams are a good team. They were playing their starters. They had to win that game. They barely won. The Eagles played their starters for like a quarter and a half. But still, we saw Tyrod and this Giants offense look pretty good. Like they weren't elite. As I said, this is not a Super Bowl uh, contender type team with Tyrod in there. But Tyrod has at least shown you that... You just can't blame the offensive line every week like we do with Daniel Jones. You can't blame the lack of weapons every week like we do with Daniel Jones. Like, you see Tyrod, he avoids sacks. He was only sacked twice today. Um, he was sacked a good amount last week, but I remember a couple of those were, like, just him trying to run out the pocket. He got tripped up, like, one yard behind the line of scrimmage. So they weren't, like, the worst sacks. But he's showing you that it's not just the offensive line. It's not just the lack of receivers. It's not whatever other excuse uh, Jones truthers try to make. Like Tyrod Taylor, who once again is like a a backup quarterback. He he looks makes this offense look pretty damn good sometimes. So um, it's more than just like oh the offensive line, oh the receivers. Like yeah, I, I get they're not elite. I get the offensive line's not that great. I get the receivers aren't that great. But you still can make things happen with this team. And I still think that uh, Kafka's a good play caller. I hope he doesn't go anywhere. We'll see about Don Martindale tomorrow, probably what happens. I think Joe Shane has a press conference tomorrow. I'm pretty sure it's 8.30 Eastern time in the morning. So got to be up early for that one. But luckily I have work, so I'll be up to watch that one. But um, interesting to see what he'll say. 
it seems like most reports are saying that Daniel Jones is going to be back for week one and, and will be the Giants starting quarterback next year. Um, obviously, I don't agree with that. I would take a quarterback this year in the first round if the right one falls to you or you have to trade up to Arizona to get one, however it may be. But um, I just think sticking with Jones for this regime would just be like, I don't know, it'd be like throwing your career away. It really would. Like, I would hate to be Dable and Shane and have to rely on Daniel Jones to not only stay healthy, which he has a problem doing, but also play well enough to, you know, not have another bad year. And I just could not do that if I'm Joe Shane. Like, I'm doing everything I can to get my quarterback and extend my timeline, but more importantly, actually find a quarterback that is good, which I don't think Daniel Jones is that good. Like, yeah, he ran the offense pretty uh effectively last year but it wasn't anything that special outside of a couple games so find the right quarterback and hopefully it's in the first round um Giants defense great game from Xavier McKinney who is playing for a contract and he went out with a bang two interceptions one of those interceptions was phenomenal his foot was in by like this much like we're talking like centimeters at that point it was called incomplete on the field and I'm pretty sure it was challenged or maybe the booth. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Dable who challenged it. But they had to review it and they uh, concluded that it was an interception by uh, by Xavier McKinney. So he was really good in this game. Adoree Jackson looked a bit better. You know, the effort was a bit better in this game. I think A.J. Brown getting hurt early definitely helped the Giants in this game because I did say before the game that if Deontay Banks was out, that it was going to be a tough game for Adoree Jackson. So I figured with A.J. Brown being the physical specimen he is and Adoree Jackson kind of like mailing it in last week, I I figured it'd be a tough matchup. But, you know, I guess luckily for the Giants, he got hurt early. I don't know what the extent of his injury is. It could have been another victim of the MetLife turf, but... um. You know, obviously, I I don't wish injuries on guys. I hope A.J. Brown's good. Like, you know, he's a great player to watch. So hopefully he's fine. For the Giants' pass rush, there was a lot of sacks in this game. Aziz Ojolari had two. He had a tackle for a loss, four solo tackles. Is he a UDFA? I think he has one year left. I got to check his contract real quick, but I'm pretty sure Aziz is he's either close to a free agent. I think he has one year left after this, but I'm going to check just to be sure. Um, I searched contract like a jackass. Like, yeah, like that was going to come up. Yeah, he has one more year after this uh, $2.1 million cap hit next year. They can get out of it and save like 1.5 mil, but I'm assuming he'll be back next year. Still just 23. Like, he's still very young. They, they drafted him when he was very young. I think he was like 20 when he was drafted. So, um, Yeah, I would give Aziz one more year. Hope he can stay healthy and take it from there. But as I said before, like his career's kind of projecting like it was um like it was Lorenzo Carter. Like that's what it feels like. Lorenzo had a pretty good year four with the Giants. He had his moments coming off the injury. So we'll see if Aziz has a good year four here. Um good game from Bobby Okereke. Had the uh five solo tackles, eight total. One sack, one tackle for a loss, and had the hilarious play where the Eagles were doing the tush push. Jalen Hurts was still in, and it reminded me so much of that meme going around of the guy who tackled the judge and jumped over the stand. Like, that was pretty much exactly like it. Like, Bobby Okereke at the line, Troy Palomalu style, just jumped over the line trying to tackle Jalen Hurts, and he was there a bit too early, so it was was a penalty. But I do love seeing the effort there. It was just funny, but... Um, but yeah, Okereke has been phenomenal, worth every penny so far. He played every snap this year, I think. Same with McKinney. So a big shout out to those guys for being durable and playing very well. It didn't start out that great for McKinney, but it felt like the second half of the year, McKinney was one of the best safeties in the NFL. I personally reached a point where I was like, just move on from McKinney. I'm done with the guy's attitude and shit. But like, he's actually played so well that 
maybe you do bring him back. You know, it's at the right price, obviously. I don't know what that would be off the top of my head. I'd have to go and look at the safety market and whatnot. But um, it looks like right now that McKinney is bought in, and that's a guy that you definitely want to bring back. So I hope they get it done, but at the right price. I wouldn't spend the crazy amount of money, but hopefully, um, you know, both sides can reach a fair agreement there. Micah McFadden had seven solo tackles, two passes defended, so that was good to see from him. Dane Belton got extended playing time today. Six solo tackles, one sack, two tackles for a loss. Um, He looks good out there. Jihad Ward had a sack as well. I thought, you know, Kayvon didn't have that many stats in this game. Had one pass defended, hit off his helmet. I remember that play. But he had three solo tackles, and I felt like he was getting a lot of pressures. I'd have to go back and watch the game or, you know, wait for, like, PFF or whoever to come out with the pressure stats. But... I felt by watching that game that Kayvon had some pretty good pass rushes in that game, so it didn't result in any sacks, unfortunately, but, you know, overall, you look at the numbers, and I feel like Kayvon had a pretty good year. I think he still had 12 and a half sacks this year. I'm going to look it up real quick, but, you know, not a terrible year, too, but, like, sometimes it was underwhelming, and sometimes it was like, oh, my God, Kayvon has arrived, so just a mixed bag. He had uh, 11 and a half sacks, according to Google. So we'll go with that. I thought it was 12 and a half for some reason, but 50 combined tackles, 24 assists, 11 and a half sacks. I mean, it's a big jump from what he did last year, but hopefully he just gets more consistent as his career goes on. Cause that's like the one gripe I have with him is like, sometimes he looks dominant and sometimes he just does not look like he's out there. Um, I thought Cordell Flott had some good moments, but he had no tackles, so I guess not. But I thought he made some pretty good impact plays at some points. Um, Anybody else on defense that stuck out? Jihad Ward, I mentioned. Nick McLeod played pretty well. I'll give him some credit. Um, Trey Hawkins had five solo tackles. All right, so that was good to see. But yeah, that was pretty much it. I didn't see much from Dexter Lawrence. Was he even playing out there? Like, I feel like I didn't see anything. Yeah, he played today, January 7th, had one combined tackle. So, all right, not the most impactful game. But uh, it wasn't like the Eagles wanted to, um, you know, run the ball that much. Maybe they did coming into it, but the score got away from them so fast that they got away from it. Um, but as I said, 24 nothing out the gate, just not what anybody expected. The Eagles cut it to 24-10 to with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter after Watkins had that nice touchdown. But it never felt like the lead was in trouble. It felt like the Giants had complete control. So... Yeah, it was good to get that win. Like, I found, like, coming into the game, I wanted to lose, obviously, like, knowing what was at stake. But after seeing how the rest of the games were playing out, I just realized that a win by the Giants was not going to, like, shoot them in the foot too, too much. So I found myself rooting for them in, like, the second half of that game. It was just fun to just sit back and relax and enjoy the team winning and looking good. Um, obviously, I'd rather have the fifth pick, and I hope it does not come back to bite them in the ass. That would suck. Um, but a lot of those late-season wins, the Packers win, the Patriots win. I mean, wins like that. The win today, hopefully they don't come back to bite us. You know, there's always a debate about do you root against your team, do you root for your team in those situations. You guys know what I do, but hopefully it does not come back to bite them. That's all I can say about it. So it is. It's, it is what it is now. It's over and done with. The Giants, of course, will be picking sixth overall. Lucky, Luckily for us, the Titans won today. So Tennessee, they basically knocked Jacksonville out of the playoffs. So they got a big win beating their division rival today. And I wish today's win for us would have knocked Philly out of the playoffs. That would have been much better. But, you know, Tennessee got a good taste of that today. But for the Giants in the draft, I would assume, because obviously it has to play out first, but I would assume that three quarterbacks are going with the first three picks whether Chicago stays there and takes their own quarterback or Chicago trades back 
and a team that wants a quarterback trades up to one, maybe that team is the Giants. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but um, as I've said before, I, I've heard the I've heard the rumors that uh, Joe Shane loves Caleb Williams. So if he loves him that much and can get a deal done to get up to one, maybe he does it. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But Chicago's pick probably a quarterback. I think Washington probably takes a quarterback. Ron Rivera's probably done there, and it should be like a whole new regime. So they probably want their own guy. So they have the second pick. Third pick is New England. Seems like Belichick's done there. Um, they'll get a new regime there in New England. So it's it's very realistic that the first three picks can be quarterbacks. Now, when you get to four and five, you have two teams that are prime candidates to um, trade out of that pick and trade back to teams that need quarterbacks. Now, the teams that need quarterbacks behind Arizona and the Chargers that, you know, I could see trading up. Atlanta needs one, obviously. Um, Chicago, I don't know, Chicago picks one. So if they want one, they'll get one at one. But then you have the Jets, who probably won't do it because, you know, Aaron Rodgers runs that team. Minnesota, they probably want a quarterback. Denver wants a quarterback, assuming Russell Wilson is... uh, is released, which I think was their plan. Las Vegas, I mean, they've been winning games, but you can do better than Aiden O'Connell, so I could see Las Vegas trading up. I guess New Orleans will stick it out with Derek Carr for another year. I mean, that's probably not the most exciting thing. Um, the Colts are fine. Seattle's probably fine with Geno. Um, we'll see, maybe. Since he's fine, Jacksonville, they're fine. Yeah, so there's like a handful of teams I could see trading up for a quarterback, but... You know, we'll see if they do it or not. It's it's a big what if. But anyway, so if the first three picks are quarterbacks, there's a good chance that Caleb's off the board, Drake May's off the board, and probably Jaden Daniels. It's not 100% certain that that's, those are the three guys, but it just seems like based on consensus, those are the most likely quarterbacks to go in the first three picks. So the Giants may not have a shot at one of those guys, which sucks. But Joe Shane would still have his pick of, you know, Penix, Bo Nix, uh, McCarthy, I guess. Uh, who else is out there? Quinn Ewers, maybe. I just don't see that happening. But the place to be in this draft was the top three. The Giants, unfortunately, fell to the fourth team that needs a quarterback. Like, they pick fourth now of teams that need quarterbacks. So to miss out on Caleb, May, and Daniels, it sucks. And I really do hope that the Bears like keep fields and that the Giants can trade up to number one, that'd be most ideal and get Caleb Williams, but probably not going to happen. It just feels like a, it feels like a long shot. So I'm not relying on that to happen, but we'll see if Joe Shane has conviction on Penix or Bo Nix or McCarthy, or just pick another guy, you know, that, that could be what it is. So, you know, that's why I wanted the second overall pick for a long time. I realized that when we beat the Patriots that one week, it probably was not going to happen. But if the Giants were picking top two or top three, they probably would have definitely taken a quarterback. Now that now that they're picking five, I think the Giants have enough excuses or picking at six. Well, I keep saying five. Now that they're picking at six, um, they will probably have enough excuses to not take a quarterback which will drive me crazy, but that's just the reality of the situation. So, you know, that's why I wanted to lose those games and have a top three pick because there would have been no excuses not to take a quarterback. But now that, they, now that they draft six, there are excuses not to take a quarterback. As I said, the first three picks can all be Caleb, May, Jaden, 
And then the Giants are sitting there saying, well, we don't like those guys, so we're going to take another position or something. So that could definitely happen. So mentally prepare yourself for that. I don't know if the Giants are going into this draft saying we have to get a quarterback. Joe Shane talked about not wanting to shop hungry at one point, and I think he was talking about that with trades, but still, drafting, the same thing applies. Um, You don't want to shop hungry. So, um, you know, you don't want to go into the draft saying the first pick has to be a quarterback. You got to just see how it plays out, and we'll see if they evaluate a guy they like. Um, I think Penix for this team, it just seems unlikely with the injury history. Like, I think Penix is a good prospect, but it just seems unlikely. I feel like with the two ACLs and all the uh, season-ending injuries in previous years and and Daniel Jones already having his injury history, I just feel like that's not going to happen. I could be wrong, but I just feel like it's just not likely. So I feel like a lot of our fan base would lose their minds if it's Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy, and I understand it. They're not as exciting as those top four guys, but we'll see what Joe Shane thinks. But anyway, yeah, the loss wasn't too, or the win, I keep calling it loss. The win wasn't too, too bad today. It would have pissed, it would have pissed me off more if Arizona won their game and they were very close to doing so. I think Matt Prater missed like a 52 yard field goal to win it. So at least that happened. So Arizona was going to stay at four anyway, but hopefully dropping from five to six does not shoot the Giants in the foot at the end. So We'll see. But yeah, once again, a frustrating season. You knew from like the first game of the year that it was probably going to be a rough one. And, you know, you had people like myself just begging this team not to run it back with the group from last year. And, you know, the Giants a lot of times buy into their own hype and it is what it is. And you have, you know, fan pressure and people saying, oh, you have to resign Jones or what else are you going to do? And, It was ultimately not the right move, but this is the situation we're in, so they have to get themselves out of it. Um, I just can't imagine Joe Shane going into next year with like Jones and DeVito and like some other guy, like a Drew Locke or something as his quarterback room. Like that just does not seem like it's going to work. And, you know, Joe Shane's job is going to be pretty much on the line next year. I don't know how many chances he'll get, how many more years he'll get, but if the Giants have another bad season next year, like a five or a four or a six win season again, I mean, is the coaching staff and and Joe Shane going to make it through another year? Like you have to think about that stuff. So that's the bad part. But yeah, the Giants chose this path. It is what it is. And I didn't think the Giants would be this bad this year, but I definitely saw the regression coming. I, I thought they would win between like seven and nine games. So, you know, I kind of thought they'd be like a little bit worse than last year. I think my point, what I was saying in the beginning of the year was I expected a better team on the field, but not as many wins because the Giants schedule was harder this year. It was pretty damn easy last year, as we know, but the games were going to get tougher. But I thought the talent on the field would be better. But that wasn't really what we saw this year, sadly. Um, Some guys stepped up and looked good this year. I mean, you know, Kayvon, Dexter Lawrence once again. I feel like Slayton finished off the year very well. Wandale, um, Barkley played pretty well the entire year, except for being hurt. But, you know, some guys came in that were unexpected, like like a DeVito guy like that. So, you know, they had their moments, but overall, just a difficult year. And I don't want to hear John Mara like blame the injuries for the reason they missed the playoffs. Like I do hope the Giants have enough sense that their roster on paper was just not good enough and that their process was wrong to bring back Jones on a long-term deal. But 
they obviously won't say that out loud, but if Joe Shane or John Mara, they speak tomorrow and they're like, yeah, we just had, we just had an unlucky year with the injuries and we feel like if we run this back again, it'll, it'll be different. Like a quote like that will definitely piss me off and I hope they don't say that, but knowing this team, it would not shock me. So we'll see how this plays out. We'll see Shane's presser tomorrow and see if any interesting nuggets come from that, but that's pretty much all I got. You know, once again, thank you to you guys for sticking around for another year. Um, whether you agree with my takes or not, I'm still going to be here talking. So, um, But I appreciate you guys. I know, I know it's a tough year, and it's just like, you know, coming off last year where we went to the divisional round, and we're very excited about the future to take a big step back like this. Like, it kind of sucks. So I get it. But hopefully in April and in free agency, we get what we want. And hopefully somehow, some way the Giants trade up and get a quarterback or they take somebody at number six and, and go from there and hopefully have a, you know, nice decade run of winning instead of losing. So we'll see. Hope you all enjoyed the video and I will talk to you guys next time.